Slay Nation. It's your host, Heather, back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast. Today, I have Dina Patton in our studio. She is an elite business coach. She's an author. She's also a speaker. She's out here doing the dang thing. Thanks for joining us, Dina. Thank you. I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah. So before we dive into our topic today, can you just give us a quick rundown about who you are, what you do? Sure. Absolutely. So I've been a business and mindset coach for the last 22 years. Before that, I owned a PR and marketing agency in New York City and super excited uh, for this company to be uh, really mainly working with entrepreneurs who have the average of five to 75 employees. So you know that that there's all the things that come with that, (laughs) all the good, all the bad. And uh, I just love, I love entrepreneurship. I love uh, seeing uh, people thrive in their businesses. And uh, about five years ago, wrote my book, The Greatness Game. And it's uh, touches on the mindset methodology that I teach and help empower people around uh, really building a greatness mindset. And uh, I love what I do. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, isn't that all we could ever ask for, right? Yeah. Is that we, we work and we do what we love. Right. Um, so I really wanted to kind of present this question. Uh, you talk a lot about there being a difference between CEOs and entrepreneurs, that there's there's a solid difference. And to me, I've always thought of them as one and the same. So how are they different? Well, I think the main difference is mindset. Um, It's mindset, it's habits, but really when I think that there's a myth out there that there's a a certain level of revenue that you can start calling yourself a CEO. It's like entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur for one year, two years, three years, five years, whatever the years are. But once you get to a certain revenue or a certain employee number, you magically turn into a CEO. And <laughs> yeah, like, there's no fairy, there's no CEO fairy it just reminds me of like turning into a pumpkin at midnight, <laughs> right? Like there's no fairy that's going to like bop you on the head and tell you now you are now a CEO. Um, the, the real truth is you are a CEO. The moment you start your business, you are the CEO of your business. And when you start to really own that mindset of, I am building a CEO mindset. It is different. Yes, you're in the world of entrepreneurship because you own your own business, but I love to empower people around really owning the role CEO because it's really different. So so the mindset of a CEO is very visionary. Like where's the train going? You know, do I have the right people on the train? You know, mm-hmm. does the train have a vision? You know, the 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 things that really move the train, CEOs are really good at. Where entrepreneurs, <laughs> the entrepreneur kind of mindset is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I have to do all the things. I have to wear the hats. I have to make all the decisions. It's me, 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 me. And I have to kill myself doing it. And mm. so it is, if you, if, you, if you don't grow out of your entrepreneur mindset, into a CEO mindset, it can really, really lead to burnout. And I've seen it. I've been an entrepreneur for 27 years. I have seen it in a lot of my clients, which then bring them. They're like, that's what brings people to a coach a lot of times. Like, oh, I got to get my stuff straight. 
right? Yeah. So that's just a little, you know, a little bit that the, the CEO mindset is more rounded. They know where they're going. They need, they know who to put on the, the train to move the train. Um, there's clarity and vision values, purpose in their team, in their revenue game, entrepreneurship, it, that mindset can keep you spinning and spinning and spinning, doing all the things and not getting a team in place. That's the biggest thing, but also not really thinking and acting like a CEO. What they're thinking and acting like is just getting the next sale in today, today, today versus, versus putting their eyes up and looking at the vision and thinking with strategy. So I, I really challenge entrepreneurs. It's okay to be, we're all entrepreneurs, but start really showing up, thinking, strategizing like a CEO and put a dollar number in front of your CEO. So like a $10 million CEO, if you've reached a million, what I challenge you to think like is start thinking like a $10 million CEO. Would a $10 million CEO be late for that meeting or not prep for that staff meeting or that investor meeting? You know, I think entrepreneurs, they wing it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of winging, not a lot of preparing. That's another distinction between CEOs show up prepared entrepreneurs. They're like prepping five minutes before. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then I have to ask then, because I know people are going to be listening to this and they're like, okay, so I'm a little bit of an entrepreneur. I have some CEO tendencies. <laughs> How do I go about like shifting this a little bit more? You said implement a team and like, here's, here's the thing as, as business owners ourselves and all that kind of stuff, you know, these things start coming to your mind. Okay. Own a team. Well, yeah, I gotta get revenue to own a team. Right. Um, and then it's like, oh, um, okay. Start thinking, you know, if I'm making, you know, a million dollars, start thinking like a $10 million CEO. I don't even know what a $10 million CEO looks like things like, I don't even know what questions I should be asking myself. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's such a good question around, you know, team that I think it's before you hire your first person, it's very intimidating. It's just like, oh my gosh, all I'm seeing is like this big, huge salary. And oh my gosh, I'm barely paying myself. You know, if you're at that level, right. And it is scary if you're a solopreneur and you haven't hired someone yet, you probably have some fear about hiring someone. But here's the thing. You, there's no one usually better at selling your business than you. Mm. So if you could hire a virtual assistant for five to 10 hours to do like all the admin things and you gained back five to 10 hours a week to sell more, your revenue is going to double or triple, right? Just by give really focusing on the first team member to take out the things that you don't need to be doing. You don't need to be doing emails and scheduling and all the admin thingies that you we all do. You, that's what that's what their gifts are. That's what people don't understand. Like an admin, a virtual assistant or an executive assistant, like their gifts are admin. They're brilliant at it. 
you should say to your gifts, which are selling your business, your sales, and then fulfilling your business, whatever your product or service is, right? So when you stay in those two lanes and you farm out five to 10 hours a week to a, you know, let's say a 20 or $25 hour assistant, now you have put a whole bunch of time back in your plate for sales. So not only are you going to cover her pay that you're going or his pay that you're going to pay him, but again, a lot more profits going to come in. And then that begets profits, beget more profits. And then all of a sudden you can hire your second person and then maybe a second salesperson. And that's how we all grow. We were all there that first time that we hired our first person, super scary. But then about a month in, you're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this earlier? This is amazing. I have so much time left, right? And you can really focus on what I call RGAs, revenue generating activities. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, your revenue is is uh, focused and what we focus on grows. So that answers that like and and you're going to know what your business, you know, there's not like a formula of hiring that everyone should follow. You're going to know what you need next. A VA or an assistant is going to, for the most part, be everyone's first step. And then your second and third and fourth contractor or employee are going to be what you need. That Mm -hmm. is what you need and what your business needs. Right. And all of a sudden you have a team, you know, and, and then you're going to start hiring contractors, a bookkeeper to do your books, um, maybe a social media person to do your social media. You know, there's all these little things that get hours off of your, you know, those things off of your plate. So you can get more hours in RGA revenue generating activities. Okay. So then that kind of, I think that almost a little bit speaks to a, you know, $1 million CEO mindset to a $10 million CEO mindset, right? So we're, we're thinking of offloading. We're thinking, yeah. you know, because I think a lot of times too, is people get stuck in the, you know, the, I don't have a, they don't realize the stuff that they do have in order to offload to somebody. And then, because I think a lot of times people just, because they're just so used to doing it all themselves, they're like, well, I don't even, I don't even have anything to give to a VA or anything like that. So I always recommend like, at least for myself and when I'm dealing with anybody, I'm just like, sit there and really think about, okay, like, what am I doing in this sector? Like if I have to answer 17 different emails and, yes. and they all require extra pairs of, you know, thinking and, and brainstorming or whatever, then it's like, okay, well, that's like, I don't know, three hours. So, <laughs> yep. you know, it's just trying to make a little bit of a list and, and figure out the steps in each thing that you would need help with. And I think at least in my experience, that has definitely helped me. Yeah. And, you know, you just mentioned three hours. I mean, I don't know about you, but if someone granted me three more hours in my business, I mean, that would be amazing. (laughs) I mean, that's just, that's, that is a lot of time. So when you think, you know, five hours to three to five to eight hours, uh, to a virtual assistant who's managing emails, managing your calendar, 
um, managing invoicing, sending out, you know, just anything that's admin-y um, that you don't need to be doing so that you can stay in the realm of marketing, sales, and fulfillment. And frankly, that should probably land in your brilliant lane because you are the best person for your business and no one can speak about your business, share your business, sell your business than you. And so that's, that's that. Um, but you mentioned the $10 million CEO mindset is here's the thing, whatever dollar amount that you're at, you know, you're at a hundred thousand, you know, add a zero to, to everything. <laughs> if you're at a million, you know, add a zero and then think through that is if you're at a million, let's think like a $10 million CEO. How would a $10 million CEO hold their staff meeting? They'd probably have an agenda. They're going to be very succinct about it. $10 million CEO does not waste time. What, how do you think they've gotten to $10 million? Right? Like they know how to manage their time really, really well. So when we start thinking, whoa, how would a $10 million CEO do this meeting or show up at this event or uh, market this new book I have, right? Like it makes you think differently. And that is what we want. We want to not think from our own self because our own self has a to-do list. And if you have kids and you have schedules and you have clients in 10 minutes, like you have all the stressful things so it's very hard to just think strategically. But when you put your $10 million hat on and go, how would a $10 million uh, CEO deal with this situation? It's different than how I would, right? It, and what I'm trying to cause with that exercise is it, it, it makes you think A, differently, B, higher level. It's like, woo. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't dress like this. If if I was a $10 million CEO, I'd probably, you know, maybe dress a little bit more professional or, or when I speak, you know, I would, my slides look branded and polished, not thrown together or winging it, you know? So again, we're moving from winging it. We have to wing it first. You know, when you're in a new business, you are winging it and it's okay. We just want to, we just want to move away from that mm -hmm. um, as we grow our business and give ourselves permission to grow into a higher level. You know, you're a $500,000 CEO and then you're a million dollar CEO, then you're a $2 million CEO, whatever your dollar amount, it doesn't matter. There's your worth is not in your dollar amount. Mm. It, you're, you are about impact, whatever your product or service is, you are making an impact in the world. And my, my work, my message to entrepreneurs is be the highest, greatest version of you. This isn't about everybody needs to be a $10 million CEO. No, 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 that's not the game. That's just a way of thinking that helps elevate you. The game is being the highest best version of you, your authenticity, mm. your highest self, your best leadership. And to do that and to become that, sometimes we have to think higher. 
Yeah, no, I totally understand that. Um, and I think a lot of times too, and I, and I know for myself and, and for our businesses, it's one of those things where we, I know I can get stuck on a goal and like, I'm like, oh, a number or a goal or a whatnot. And I do understand how sometimes that ends up standing in your way rather than it's like it hinders you rather than helps you. Um, and that's something that I've been playing with myself too, because I, I'm such a doer and we all know doers. Like we, we tend just to do, and we don't spend enough time actually like figuring it out. And like you said, a little bit of a, of a wing it mentality, just because you're like, you know what, I'm just going to figure it out as I go. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. And I think, um, like you said, when you're first starting out in your business, it takes a lot of, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall to kind of narrow down your systems and your formula and what you best, you know, do as far as that goes. But then I think there is this little bit of a shift that has to happen into that CEO mindset, right? Where you're just like, okay, I kind of have a little bit of a foundation. I got a little bit of a direction going. I'm not just yeah. winging this anymore. Yeah. Um, and then that's when we're like, okay, like where, what, how can I streamline? What, what can I take off my plate? So on and so forth. So there it's, I think sometimes people get so stuck in this all or nothing mentality, myself included. Um, and so you just kind of are like, oh, well, I, I can't afford, or I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be there. And it's like, yo, relax, relax. relax. <laughs> it's okay. We all come in stages. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So I really wanted to also touch on, um, how entrepreneurs sometimes build a hobby and how we can go about not having that happen. Because I don't know about you, but I don't know very many entrepreneurs that just get into business for a hobby. Some do, some are like, I have goals and dreams. This is why I'm doing it. Yes. So what I say is if you don't have a focus on sales and your sales systems, you're building a hobby. And that's really hard to hear because everybody is like, no, I'm not. I have a business. I have a business. I have a business. But you're, sometimes we get scared of the sales process and putting ourselves out there and holding ourselves accountable to a sales goal. You know, when you look at companies, companies, you know, you, if you look at Starbucks, you look at Walmart, you look at Target, you look at um, uh, American Eagle, like it doesn't matter what brand. Somebody had to get real clear in their sales goals because the sales goals is, are, is the revenue of the business. And the mm -hmm. revenue of the business is paying you and your your teams, rent and food and schooling, like this is paychecks, you know? So sometimes I think people, especially women, can get very intimidated with the sales process and putting them fully out there, like fully known, fully owning the expert that they are or the, you know, the products that they have, like fully, fully owning and marketing themselves and being accountable to those sales, they kind of wing it or hope or like whatever sales come in, I do, but I don't do anything 
to cause it, right? And so again, that's like a, it's an entrepreneur mindset, but it's like a hoping entrepreneur mindset that like they're hoping their business works. And what I am here to be is a stand for entrepreneurs to own the products and services that they are selling. You got in this business because you believed in them. You loved them. That's why you're selling it, right? That product or that service. But yet there's that like little, what I call little smallness that just it's fear, it's doubt, it's perfectionism. Like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I can't be a speaker. I can't be an author. I can't be on podcasts. Like I'm not perfect yet. So perfection can get in the way. Fear of judgment, fear of success, fear of failure. That is real stuff that can paralyze someone from really being out there with their business. And then of course, doubt, just I'm not the right person or I'm too old or I'm too this, or when I lose weight, then I'll do social media. I mean, there's a, there's a there's million. So many. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, I mean, I'm sure you have come across it across all of the, probably all of your clients will all fall into this category of like self-sabotaging or standing in their own way and not even realize, let me tell you, as a business owner, I'm sure you too, you too. I mean, owning a business will teach you absolutely everything about yourself that you never thought bothered you absolutely bothers you. (laughs) You want to know some insecurities, start a business. That's right. It's like a mirror. You know, I think I always say marriages and businesses are our biggest mirror. And man, they'll show you where your limitations are, where your doubt is, where your fear is. And that's why I wrote the book I wrote on mindset of you will never outsell your mindset. If your mindset says, you know, I'm going to have a business that brings in $50,000 and that's probably what you're doing when you could have a business that's bringing in $150,000 if you believed right differently. And so our smallness, our which is kind of an umbrella for the fears and the doubts and the perfection that can really, really get in the way of us owning our business, being fully out there, being fully known for what we do, asking for the sale, asking for the referral. And I do not, do not mean forcing sales. I am the last person. I hate forced funnels. I hate people who are like slimy salespeople. Mm. Like it's disgusting, right? I'm all about authentic sales. Um, But I think there's a disconnect in a lot of entrepreneurs that feel like if you're authentic, you'll never get the sale. But I don't want to be like a forceful sale. so, So they stay scared in the middle. And what I say is authentic sales is where you want to be, is your authenticity is your biggest currency. Mm. Your big, what makes you like quirky or unique or your things that are you, those are the things that make you sellable. And you should do those things like, you know, again, on stage. And it took me a process to really find my authenticity of how it would show up like as a speaker on stage. But my, my journey to authenticity, I'm telling you, like I 
quadrupled my business when I really gave myself permission to be myself, because this is what it does. It repels the people that don't like you, which is what we want. Mm-hmm. Marketing is half repelling. And then it attracts people who love you. Yes. They're like, oh my gosh, you, you know, you were speaking for 10 minutes. I love your style. I love, I have to work with you, right? What they're speaking to is your authenticity. They want more of that thing that they just saw, right? Mm-hmm. So that in our marketing, sales, promotion, it takes mindset and emotional resiliency to really own your authenticity and be yourself in all of your branding and marketing. And it feels very, very vulnerable. But I'm telling you, it is the thing that is missing in your branding and marketing that it that's going to like turn on the water. Mm. Yeah. That is so interesting to me because I think like, I think a lot of people need to take one, that advice in general to just be you because then you attract the right people and repel, you know, the people that don't want to be in your presence. Yeah. Um, but I think also too, when it comes to your business, and this is a thing I know slay nation don't, don't get all up in arms because I know some of y'all are like, look, Heather, I have been doing the things. Okay. I am in my business. I am pushing. I am an entrepreneur. I am a CEO. I'm transitioning, whatever it is. And you're like, what, what am I going to do with, oh, I just need to believe. I just need to be myself. Like, what am I going to do with that? And I think a lot of times people just discredit it or they don't know what to do with that information. So can you help us please break that down for people who are like, y'all are just talking some like woo-woo nonsense over here. (laughs) It's like marketing branding 101. So whatever authenticity you are, right? What makes you, you, we have to pull those things into your branding and marketing. And speaking like all, all of the marketing things that you're doing. So here's what we want to be creating a consistent brand touch. So if someone sees your website and then they see your blog and then they go to your social media, oh, and then they see you speak that they have this same experience, right? So over here in the blog, if you're like super, super, super loving and fluffy, but then on stage, you're not that. All of a sudden, there's this like disconnect, like, what? Who, who, who's that? Right. (laughs) Or they're listening to your podcast and you're one way on your podcast, but on your website, you're completely different. That Mm -hmm. is a brand. That's a brand disconnect. Right. So we want authenticity. The things, you know, for me, um, I I am as a coach, I'm very rigorous. Like I am such a stand for my clients to get the results and the sales and the business and the impact that they want. Huge stand. So I am all about like rigor and accountability. Um, But I'm also, one of my highest values is fun. Like Mm -hmm. we have fun along this journey, right? So I make fun of, you know, like I make things fun, all my events, my coaching, et et cetera. So those are two things like the rigor and accountability, but I'm also like, fun and I'll make fun of myself too. Right. (laughs) So those two things, like I bring to the stage when I'm speaking, because you're going to see that in as 
if I'm coaching you, I'm going to be that. Right. So I know that those two things are really like a huge part of my personality that I had to own and bring in to my marketing, my social media. You can see that you, uh, when I speak, you can see that you can see the like rigor and stand and we are going to build the crap out of this business and be accountable to sales and systems and building. But we're also going to be like super fun along the way. Right. Yeah. And so so those are just two like right. The two pieces of my authenticity that I had to really make sure that was in my branding consistent across all my platforms, because I don't want someone to see me speak, hire me and then get into coaching. And they're like, whoa, wh- wh- what? What is yeah. this? Like, switch and bait and switch, right? Yeah, that's so confusing, too. And also, too, like, I mean, you you talked a lot about, you know, being accountable to sales, setting up. I mean, and that's a differentiating factor as far as, you know, between a business and a hobby, right? Is like all into sales and what are you doing yes. into sales and all that kind of stuff. So let's let's dive into this a little bit more because I think, you know, holidays are coming up. We're now going to start seeing all of these things pop in about sales and this and that or whatever. Um, I always like to, you know, kind of leave our audience with a little bit of how do I, what do I do? How do I stand out? Do I got some action items? So if you're listening and, and you're thinking about the holidays, like majority of people are right now that you're business owners, especially if you have products or whatnot, I'm sure your holiday campaigns are in your noggin right now. So just to give Slay Nation a little bit of help, some direction, help. some help. Um, yes. <laughs> let's talk about sales and, um, just maybe what we can start doing as far as not only just the holiday season, but in general. Yeah, in general. And I think there's a distinction between product and services. You know, the people who have products, because you have a physical product, whether that's nutritional supplements or that's candles, that's cars, that's houses, like whatever the product is, because it's tangible, I think that sales makes it so much easier, right? Like I sell custom candles. I sell, you know, luxury homes, whatever it is. Um, It's very cut and dry. You come to me for custom homes, you know, two to $10 million. Okay. Got it. But when we're a service, I think entrepreneurs can get really muddy about their sales system, like how they market it, how they bring people in, what's the sales system, right? You have to have a sales system. You have to have a sales system. If you are a service, you have to have some kind of steps that people do to hire you. And um, so that's where I get, I see a lot of people winging it. Even my bigger clients, the, 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 T- 10 to 20 million, there's still not like tight sales systems, which blows my mind, right? Like how can you have a $20 million company, which there's been many over 20 years that don't have a sales system. They are still winging it and they're doing 20 million. So don't feel bad, <laughs> whatever business, <laughs> right? Like you got to get that. There's no magic number that people like, once you're past this, you have everything figured out and you do it perfectly. No, no, I would not be 
busy, <laughs> right? Because a lot of people hire me in, and they have 20, 30, 50, 60 employees, and they have a huge lack of systems or huge lack of sales process. So don't feel bad. This journey is your journey. you got to figure it out along the way. But when it comes to sales and sales systems, why I'm super passionate around that is it's the domino to everything else working. It's really hard, 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 hard to build a business that isn't making their bills. You, you got to master your sales so that you can get income coming in and profits coming in. And it's the profits that then you're like, oh, I have enough money now that I can now hire a team member or I can get a second truck, right? Like I work in all sectors. So sometimes a vehicle is like the key to the next step, right? And now we have enough profits where it's like, oh, a second truck or a third truck, right? So one, the sales system, you have to understand, starts with the customer. Where are they finding you? Mm-hmm. And then what is the journey that they have to be on to work with you? So take your like business hat off and pretend that you're a customer and you're looking for your service, right? Like I've Googled, um, you know, a a local accountant, you know, or coach, whatever it is. I've Googled and now a whole bunch of people have come up. Now what? What do, are they going to your blog? And then the blog is then, is there a call to action at the bottom of the blog that then sets up a consultation or not? Now I don't even know, like, where do I, oh, I like this person. I don't know how do I just call. So if you are making your customer guess how to do the next step, you have a broken sales system. Mm-hmm. So that's how I want you to think about this is get in the customer's head. They're trying to find you because what you are seeking is seeking you. They mm-hmm. are seeking you, right? So how are they seeking you? Are they asking for referrals? Are they Googling it? Are they looking you up? Like, you know, if you're a home service, you're you, maybe you're on like a Angie's list or, you know, something like that. Um, but where is your customer finding you? And then what are the steps that they have to do to hire you with ease, velocity, right? Grace, like that's what we want. We want them to Google, find you. Boop, boop, like they read your blog, see your social media, whatever their your steps are. And then they're like, oh my gosh, she is for me. Yeah. Uh, consultation. Boom. And that consultation is really easy. Boom. Schedule. Or boom. Oh, I need that product. And they buy. Right. So that's how I want you guys to think is go through your own sales process as a customer and see if it's easy, see if it's fluid and flows or is it like super disconnected um and is it is it is it clear to go through pretty quickly or is it uh like weeks long right we want people to go through our sales process pretty fast so that's that's the exercise like that that action that one action is going to tell you your steps of your sales system And you're going to find the holes and the gaps and you're going to fill them (laughs) and go, oh, oh, I didn't have a call to action at the bottom of my my blog or, 
I don't, on my social media, I don't have a link to my consultation. Um, call to action is the key to your sales system working. You have to have clear, easy call to actions. Buy here, book here, schedule a consultation here, like everywhere. So that's my biggest thing is step number two is go through every marketing asset you have and look at the call to action and make sure that it's clear and simple. I love that. And I mean, I feel like that was like a little bit of a nice like mic drop moment as far as like all the things that you should be doing, because here's the thing. Y'all know that you've heard this a bajillion times, but sometimes it takes hearing it in a certain way at a certain time for it to sink in. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, Dina, where can people find you, follow you, get in touch with you, all the things? All of it is on my website, dinapatton.com, my socials, my booking a consultation, buying my book. It's all in one place. All in one place. I love it. See, there's your like sales marketing thing right there, right? That's it. Super easy to find. (laughs) DinaPatton.com. Make it easy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Gina, for joining us. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later.